What did you do last weekend? <laughs> I was about to get started into it. All right. So as you may know, I actually just had a pop-up shop at Pio Chai. And it's so crazy because I actually painted Pio Chai's mural like two years ago. So imagine like selling your stuff and meeting people in front of the mural that you painted. Like it's so surreal. And it's like this day, the weather was so bad. It was rainy outside and I was not expecting a good turnout. But the fact that like people came in the rain and I met so many of you guys and like people from high school were there and people that listened to our podcast and their moms were just like watching them proudly from the back because their moms had to drive them because they're that young. And it was just so nice to talk to you guys and hear about your stories and, you know, the fact that so many of you started art up because you listened to the podcast or because you saw my, you know, content. And it just really makes me proud sometimes to see that you guys are embracing your roots after so many years of kind of whitewashing yourself and whatever the journey is, right? So it was really nice to talk to you guys. Also, my brother was like my personal assistant this whole night. He really came mm-hmm. through. He came in clutch. He was my personal manager he was recording everything he was helping me with all the merch um he was also like my security guard but catch this this sunday's vlog to see like an in-depth little video or it's also on my instagram slash tiktok but it was so nice meeting you guys yes it's everywhere (laughs) straight to the plugs (laughs) two minutes in but um it's so crazy how strong my bangladeshi supporters are because you guys like sold out the Bangladesh merch like so quick. Like I was literally setting up with my brother and I turned around and there was like a, a Bangladeshi line of people just like Bangladeshi. <laughs> and like I couldn't take any pictures. I couldn't take any videos. I couldn't even breathe for a second because I wanted to take like a picture of the setup, you know, but like things were gone <laughs> like gratefully, but also unfortunately, you know, so like my poster that I had was gone. The Made in Bangladesh, the Joy, Joy Bangla sweatshirt. And it's, like, so mm-hmm. nice because, again, I think it's so, like, eye-opening when you see a Bangladeshi creator and a Bangladeshi small business owner slash artist because we never grew up with that. So it was nice to, like, you know, be that that person for people. Um, you are that person. And, like, you know, seeing the moms tearing up because they saw their kids tearing up and, like, them, the moms admiring my mural. Like, yeah, this, this is just one. for the moms, you know? Like, it, it was so mm-hmm. cute, you know? <laughs> I loved it. And that and that pop up was all the way in Carajo Land. Imagine, yeah. Imagine the Jackson. It was Heights in Long up. Island, New York. I to- I told you I was I was talking to my mom and my mom was giving me all these business ideas for you. And yeah. she was like she was like, Oh, Mo should Mo should collaborate with Arong. <laughs> and if for I you think guys that don't know Arong Arong is like the most it's like the H and M of Bangladesh. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, tell them to, to collaborate with Mo and paint on saris and sell them in Jackson Heights. Maybe that's like, on Mo. the 2023 vision board. <laughs> yeah, make it happen for Let's her. make it happen. When's the Florida pop-up, huh? Hey, we're yo. Waiting. We're waiting hey. We got a lot of supporters out here. Hey, yo. Yeah. Actually, I had someone come, a <laughs> few cousin. people come in from Florida. And I was like, that's so <laughs> they nice. They flew in from Florida? <laughs> they came from Florida. It was so nice. Commitment. And she also bought your book. We we already knew that, right? You FaceTimed me when yeah. she told us that. That's amazing. Love you you guys. Thank you so much. 
But on that note, I'm I am going to be in. You know what? I'm I'm gonna save this announcement. I'm gonna be in New York though. Oh wow! Oh way! Let y'all know. It's I'm not gonna just be in Florida though. Papa's in New York. It, it's not just her having Papa's Papa's in New York. Okay, she's not the only co-host of of the podcast having Papa's in New York. Okay, somebody else gonna be up there. Fact. And 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 y'all getting that information later. Y'all getting y'all not getting that right now. Fact. Fact. Don't get too excited mm. now. Anyways, thank you guys for joining us today on our beautiful podcast, Difficult Dish podcast about south asian narratives you know we My missed that last Pat. episode did we you didn't say that you should have said it and you also forgot our names <laughs> you skipped <laughs> over everything last episode but your Sorry, name I is get so, i get so excited to record the podcast i just forget my whole flow Existence. you know 67 episodes in right oh shit uh my, my name is mashinan my name is mahua before we get any further rate us yeah rate the podcast um review the podcast follow us all that we're saying that right in the beginning i know y'all tired of it but some of y'all haven't rated us we know which ones go ahead and rate us go mm. ahead and follow us go ahead and tell We've us we've been popping love us. off on instagram and tiktok yeah, think, actually things, things have been going good things y'all wouldn't good. know if you don't some... follow us yeah tap in yeah what are we talking about today so today you know we wanted to end the year off strong and obviously with some traumatic events we also want to talk about generational trauma because generational trauma i feel like so excited right right we talk about generational trauma a lot also that concept comes up a lot especially in like children of immigrants like discourse dialogue you know it's like a common term but a lot of people are kind of just like what is that you know so yeah what is it i don't know yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I have a whole definition on my laptop right now. But Good. the thing is, we wanted to, first of all, give a definition to that. But second, give you guys like a breakdown of like a lot of common South Asian traumas that people go through in this culture, especially like generational trauma and how these traumas like manifest and how it goes through each generation and how it changes. And third, for the people that can't access therapy... For the people who want to better themselves and break these traumas at home, at the comfort of their, you know, in their f- fingertips, we got some tips of like what we did and what we still do when, you know, we're trying to feel better about like our mental health. So this is like a yeah. jam-packed episode. Obviously, we're going to end it That's off with lot. like our advice slash like response session. But we got a yeah. lot to, you know, discuss at the end of the year, yeah. you know? Y'all better listen to the whole thing through because we got a surprise announcement at the end. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, but I'm going to It's a surprise for me, too, time. because I don't even know what he's about to say. Um, But, uh, okay, so so to start off, um, I'm a little five-year-old boy. Yeah. Uh, what What is... What Honestly, is, a lot of people, even strong, our age, you know? don't even know what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big... It's a scary word. Right. right? It's a... A lot of people, syllables. People see it and they just like, you know, I don't want to know what that is. Right. You know, it sounds blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think there are a lot of things that South Asians live through that we get so used to doing certain things. And then you get older and you realize that, like, what you've done your whole life, that that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what a normal person does. Right. And you start thinking, like, okay, like, why why was this normalized for me, though? You know, it's like all these kind of questionings that you go through when you're growing up. It um manifests into the term generational trauma. Mm. So how would how would you define that? I'm a little boy in class. So, fellas, generational it's, trauma. It's 
מסכן, מסכן. I don't know why a five-year-old would want to know that though. <laughs> 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 All right, so I searched it up on Google, right? Ba-bing, ba-boom. This is what it says. Intergenerational trauma or transgenerational trauma is defined by the American Psychology Association as a phenomenon in which the descendants of a person who has experienced a terrifying event show adverse emotional and behavioral reactions to the event that are similar to those of the person himself or herself and my edit themselves so now please translate so from what this definition sorry so from what this nice. definition is saying what i got from it is that it's basically someone experiencing trauma and it's kind of like a learned slash genetic trauma that they got from their parents or like other family members so for example if someone in your family has gone through or is going through substance abuse a lot like there's a high percentage that you're also going to go through that because that's what like you've seen that's what you've grown up with and you automatically for the most part um adopt that as well unless you're the one that breaks that generational trauma right so this mm-hmm. can um refer to a lot of things this can be like If your parents went through war and because of that they you know went through a lot of anxiety you start also adopting that anxious mindset because you've seen your parents go through it so that's like me right. you know 101 dumb it down that's a good one yeah that's a good one I what's like your that. what's your um version of it I think I tried to simplify it a little bit more instead of like um pinpointing where exactly it comes from just to understanding that there are certain traits and certain things that our families like whether it was my mom and my mom's mom and my grandma's mom things that go through the lineage that everybody's just kind of done mm-hmm. and as our families immigrate from the eastern world to america um you know we as children of immigrants grow up having to kind of live in two different worlds like mm. one world is who we want to be and one world is who we're supposed to be oh, wow. in the eyes of our parents you know that's poetic so I like that so so you know that's that's kind of how i see it just different traits and characteristics that have been passed down throughout my lineage that i'm kind of maybe not expected to follow but it's like it's already kind of ingrained and you know things like you know i, I have a list of things that um that I want to bring up things that were passed down from different fears and anxieties of mm-hmm. the people older in my family that have come down to me and right. with me living in a completely different world than them right. just um you know this the disassociation of them not understanding what I'm going through mm-hmm. but it's interesting because like what I'm going through is the same as what they went through it's just like seen in two different languages right. in a different thing. font So yeah. why do you think it's so taboo and so looked down on when you're the person that wants to break that generational trauma? Because I don't think um, our families see it as trauma. They just see it as like normalities. The way of living. Like, yeah, they just see it as like, this is life. You know, one of the things that I had written down was, um, you know, we're, we're taught that living a good life means that You have to live a stressful life. Mm-hmm. You know, it means that you always have to work. It means that you always have to be under pressure. Right. It means you always have to feel stressed out mm-hmm. because that's the, that's the, you know, the feasible signs of you living life and you working towards success. Mm. But it's like we come to, or we don't come to America, but we be, 
like we are grown up in America or like, you know, wherever is a more modern society. And, you know, of course we have the work ethic, but we're taught that like life is only about work. Like life is only about working up a ladder and, you know, you can, you can have fun after you're married and after you have four kids and Mm -hmm. buy a house and, and then you can go, you know, have a nice rest type Mm -hmm. of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So for us, it's seen as more than, more than just how life is supposed to go. But to them, it's just life. Yeah. I think that also like plays in part with like the fact that you're not really allowed to be selfish like since our parents and like our grandparents they got married at like in their teens or like in their early 20s and they immediately had to give their whole livelihood to their family and like to their kids that they had it's like looked down on if you do like move out by yourself or you do do anything by yourself because it's like why are you being selfish and why are you not starting a family and you know do what you were born to do like us you know So it's actually interesting because I actually found this Instagram that was talking about a lot of generational traumas that I also wanted to talk about. So I found this Instagram page and they were also talking about traumas that are usually invalidated. And I was like, hmm, how'd they know that we were going to record this episode? Because that's like, that's crazy. Yeah, they really made it for us. So this Instagram page is called official.joel.trauma.therapy. Like really jam-packed. Wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Love that. So basically the title of this post, it says, Traumas We Tend to Invalidate. And I feel like it also tends to a lot of people of color, South Asian people, Arab people, African people, you know, a bunch of different ethnicities. So something that we invalidate is divorce, right? That's Mm. interesting. Let me move on. Let me give like a long list so we can talk about more in depth later on. Something else. Financial insecurity. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. That was on my list. Yeah. That's on my list. Another one. Emotional abuse. Mm. Yeah. These are all just like episodes in themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is just all prompts for next year. We're going to be follow us for 2023. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another one infertility oh man Mm -hmm. it's very taboo in south asian culture to talk about the fact that you can't have kids or you don't want kids right yeah another one undiagnosed mental health problems (laughs) you you know how many of our family members have like undiagnosed adhd or ocd or something yeah and they just don't want to get you drink water eat some fruits go stand in the sun (laughs) go have a nap Go, <laughs> Go have a nap. <laughs> All right, another one. Witnessing violence. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, man, like you're hit, you're hitting right now. Like, yeah. These are all, like, I know, you that, know that's what I'm saying. Official Joel trauma therapy really being yeah, that. Shout page. out to you. <laughs> shout out to you. All right, Joel. let me say two more. Abuse okay. from authority figures. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Last one. And the banger. Burnout. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So these are all taboo things. I want to specifically talk about burnout just because it was the last banger that we just said. Yeah, we could talk about a few of these. So burnout specifically, it's like it kind of like I we talked about this in in an episode. I forgot which one, but it looks weird and it's looked down on if you take a break for even a second, especially if you're in a South Asian home. I remember I like joked about it. I remember I joked about it in another episode where I said that, like, when I was living at home and I was in high school, I would pretend to be typing on my laptop right when my mom came in. 
because I took like mm-hmm. a one second break from like studying for my AP test or something. Yeah. yeah and, but like I me taking that. that two second break, I had to still look productive because I wanted to <laughs> act like I was doing something in her eyes. Right. So that's yeah. just like obviously the bare minimum. But burnout is such a big thing because we saw our parents like we saw our parents being immigrants and they're juggling like three jobs at the same time while also being like caretakers and they were never able to take a break. My dad like especially wakes up at sunrise comes home way after sun like he sleeps for like four hours and then goes back to work every single day. No break. So I feel like that forces us to also think that we are not allowed to have that break. So burnout is still such a taboo topic and like that's why so many South Asian people and children of immigrants cannot take a break without feeling guilty. It's just like overall pressure, like mm. pressure to be successful. Yeah. Pressure that our, our families, you know, lay upon us, whether it's directly or, or, or indirectly a lot of the time. You know, it's it's like like you said, we see our parents doing this and doing that. I think something interesting that I want to bring up is like we have all these taboo topics and like you you say thing something like burnout, you know, I feel like part of the cycle of generational trauma and the way that a lot of our parents teach us their like what they've been through and teach us as as their kids, um, you know, a lot of the teaching styles can be so heavily skewed to one to one side to where you know you get kids all across the spectrum mm. of for like for like brown kids like we all know the brown kids that will work 18 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year but we also know the brown kids that will not do a single thing at all will play video games watch tv shows eat junk food every single day 365 days a year but it's like and a lot of the time um the parents are kind of teaching the same thing to the two of them but maybe it's like these teaching styles of like all this pressure that our parents are weighing upon us it comes down to like how mentally strong and how mentally capable is this kid how like what way are they going to like input this information because like we turned out pretty all right like we're both really hard workers we both even if we've made like mistakes in our path don't past and we continue to make mistakes we don't sit around all day and do absolutely nothing you know but it's like we're all kind of taught the same thing and all of our parents kind of teach us the same things but it's like why do some kids completely ignore working when it's like some kids will be so quick to burn out you know i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm burning i feel like i've burnt out after i graduated school i've been on like a super long lazy run and just seeing how but is it lazy? lazy Is it lazy or is it more about you finally working full time and having the time after work like normal people to finally take a break? Because what you Mm. were doing when you were in school was working full time, 40 hours a week, and also you were in school full time. So that's just like not normal. And also on top of that, you were writing a book, you were, you know, doing our podcast, you were doing so many different things. That's just not normal. So like (laughs) this is you feeling burnt out because you finally have the chance to relax but since we're conditioned to think that it's not okay to relax you feel like your life has no purpose yeah that was no, a good you one. got it it all come uh, yeah you got me i'm i'm you know i'm <laughs> i'm guilty hands I'm, up uh, i have nothing to say you know i'm speechless <laughs> no but it comes down it, it comes down to um just the pressure to be successful i feel like i needed to overwork myself like that i don't feel like i overwork well 
I I don't know if I overworked myself because I enjoyed working that hard. But then I think to myself, did I actually enjoy working that hard or did I like try to make myself believe that yeah. I enjoyed working that hard to appease mm-hmm. my family? Mm-hmm. Even if they were already pleased with like how hard I was working, I think I think us being taught that like the harder you work, the more we are going to love you. Mm-hmm. That just pushes you especially when you get to like 19 20 21 that just pushes you to work 20 hours well, a day. well that's another thing that it leads me to we also grew up especially children of immigrants we grew up with a lot of people pleasing slash working so hard to the point where none of our accomplishments actually feel like accomplishments because we feel like we have to constantly up um we have to constantly work harder than before and like up yeah outdo ourselves sorry <laughs> we have to constantly yeah, keep t- our- i keep telling you what the word is <laughs> and you keep ignoring me keep one-upping ourselves yeah one-upping ourselves um because we were always taught that competition is key we have to always do better than our neighbor yeah, yeah, or yeah. like our best friend or whatever it is and we were always taught that like we can always strive for more and also third since we are born in the americas and we're not born in like bangladesh or like a village that our parents were born in we have the resources and privileges to do more with what we have because they never had that. So it's like all these yeah. different things. And this is what generational trauma is because you have these like learned slash genetic factors and you have this like added pressure. And it's also like yeah. so ingrained in you that some people don't even realize that they're taking on the bad traits of like their parents or like their family members and their whole ancestry and they're taking it and like, moving it into the next generation when they do choose to like have kids or you know whatever when they see young people and i think a a big part of it is also that like our our parents not not all the time but like sometimes our parents will like be like oh like my life was like this like you should be living the same life that i lived in Bangladesh, but over here you know there's there's so much comparison whether it's like us between our parents us between the other kids in our community us between our own siblings and like comparison is the most destructive weapon towards like self-esteem and self-empowerment like it really messes you up and you keep it, it's like it's like with tiktok right like tiktok is based on trends and you know you'll see somebody do a trend and they'll go viral and you'll do the exact same trend. The you'll literally plagiarize way, it. But but you won't go viral. Right. And it's like that can mess with your head because you're like, yo, like, like I like what am I doing wrong? Right. You know, like and it's like things like comparison. It, it was so normalized for like our families. Like, I'm not sure if your parents have done this, but like my mom tells me all the time how like how much my grandparents compared all of their kids, you know, all six seven eight of them and it's like oh like you you need to do this like this person and it's like that was normal to them and mm-hmm. it's the fact that a lot of these things were so normal to them which is so hurtful it's the fact they they still see it as normal when it's like i i hated when i was compared to my sister yeah, i you hated know, cause, it too and i know my sister hated it hated being compared to me too because it, it went both ways and I wish our parents realized what kind of effect that can have on our kids. So are you making this like an intention for when you do have kids and you don't want to do that? Like, is that you wanting to break the cycle beyond just like siblings and like whatever? My question is like, if parents have also gone through this when they were kids, 
and they understand how shitty it made them feel. Why do you think parents and grandparents still push it onto their kids and like the next generation still knowing that it made them feel horrible too? Like, why do you think this generational trauma still passes even when people know that it's like not right for the most part? It's not trauma to them. It's it's life to them. Mm. I would love to hear, like, un- unfortunately, I don't have a lot of brown friends. So I wish I can have this conversation with more people in real life learning what other brown parents are like. Mm-hmm. Because at least in what I hope is that by the time um, children of immigrants get to, like, the 20s the later 20s mid to late 20s and the parents start get have been in america for 30 years or in their 60s pushing their 70s um i i hope that as time goes on as they spent so much time here as they finally see that their children are turning into adults that they start listening to their kids more Mm. and start realizing that Maybe a lot of the tendencies that I push on my kids are are not normal in this world. Mm-hmm. Not even in this world, but they're not normal over there either. Just because mm-hmm. everybody's doing it over there does not mean that it's normal over there either. I think it's interesting that you said that it's what they think is the normal way of living. And that's why they're just pushing it forward. But I also think on top of that, it's also that like hurt people hurt people, right? So like yeah. if you're traumatized and you're hurt you're going to also hurt other people in the process because you never got over the hurt yourself, right? And also on top of that, it is like a normal way of living. Like for example, since I grew up seeing like the silent treatment when you're angry, I I grew up seeing like, you know, like violent anger when you're mad at someone. I also thought that was normal and I thought that everyone else also reacted that same way. So to my surprise, when I started giving you the silent treatment when we first started talking... And you kind of like got me out of that and you were doing everything to like actually communicate. I was like, what the hell? There's other people that actually like communicate and don't do the silent treatment. So I genuinely thought that like everyone reacted the way that I did. And so like when you like confronted me in like a way of like peace and like empathy, I was just like confused. But also I'm obviously grateful that you were there to like guide me. But a lot of these people have to do these like inner workings himself right so like i'm sure eventually i would have learned that like the silent treatment is not the way to go and i would have like confronted it on my own but um it was really nice like when you taught me you know the light you showed me the way to the light (laughs) Ah, ah, wow Wow. (laughs) no but i think what's interesting is um i saw the same thing but seeing that made me love communication it made me realize how important communication is you know like I could have gone down. I I know people that had family complications and they turned out just like their parents. And I don't know what it was inside of me that, you know, I saw things growing up and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Maybe that's like luck. That's a good thing. Yeah, but it's very rare. With that that inside of me that like I saw a lot of things growing. And needless to say, there were things I saw growing up that I didn't push myself away from but i think things like communication and things like you know patience i've um i've always just kind of had and i've always just those are some traits that i taught myself to like Mm -hmm. not to to have because i saw how little of it was like around the people around me kind of Mm -hmm. stuff yeah so Um, like some people adopt those negative traits or some people 
on the other end of the stick they like do the complete opposite and they're like yeah i'm never gonna end up like my parents but you know what's crazy i feel like a lot of people say that they're never gonna end up like their parents and they end up exactly like that because they don't actually do the work to fix it you know i think on that same note um something that a lot of brown kids go through is is you know relationships with with finances relationship with money i think that's something that you brought up and that's something that i want to talk about a little bit um because i have a very interesting relationship with with finances yeah that it's kind of the same as what i said earlier about like you know i saw things growing up and i told myself like i'm not gonna do that growing up my family didn't have a lot of money um so when i first started getting money you would think that i would be super cautious with money but i was the exact opposite like i was so quick to splurge all of my money i don't know why maybe i did it younger because i i just wanted to like feed the appetite that i wasn't being fed of like growing up when i was 16 like like i I just didn't have a lot so whenever i got money like i wanted to spend it on like on shit and i think that manifested into like me getting older and like i'm a lot better now but especially when i was in like my early 20s like i was so reckless with money like i was spending on like anything and everything and it's interesting because like i didn't turn out like you where you're a lot more like sacred and stingy with your money like it it takes a lot for you to spend any money regardless of how much you have you know and i feel like we both are on like two opposite ends of the spectrum and that's kind of what like generation trauma can do to you i mean like the same thing as you i didn't grow up like rich i didn't grow up with that much money and you know i've also seen like the financial mistakes that my family has had with money and i think because of that i've also had like financial insecurity myself so even if i have like a good amount in my savings and even if i am like pretty set because i've you know have been working since 15 i still feel like i have to you know kind of calculate what lunch i'll get or like how much groceries i'll get for the week and it's like i mean i've gotten a lot better where i'm trying to feel like less selfish about the fact that i'm trying to eat a good meal you know like things like that that are bare like necessities but it's definitely like a, a long work in progress because i've definitely like saved a lot more and you know like skipped out on meals and skipped out on basic stuff because i wanted to just save yeah so yeah it's crazy how like trauma manifests into different ways where it's like it can be negative in both ways like sometimes you end up just like your parents and it's like you're not saving that money and you're spending recklessly, which isn't a good thing. Yeah. But then you also end up like saving so much to the point where you can't even like buy good like toilet paper, you know, things right. like that, because you get like that paranoia from your parents. So it's right. different. So now is a good segue, right, to kind of get into I guess we'll do another episode kind of going more in depth about these things. But I think now is a good time to talk about some of the practices that we do to make our mental health better get it and get it get it in check things we do outside of therapy and just like how to really confront these traumas right yeah you got you got number one um i mean i think i love when you say um and it sounds like the beginning (laughs) of a song um (laughs) is is that what i do you know i Um, I am i am a i am a professional vocalist right um Maybe next episode I can I can start off with like singing. My oh, own, I don't know about that. Song. I don't know about that. No, I can't. No, sorry. If you if you guys if you guys <laughs> want canceled. the next episode, we're not having a next, episode. Next, episode. next episode to start with me singing 
um all i want for christmas is you (laughs) by mariah carey um i'll do it i don't mind you want snipper right now no it's all right okay okay it's okay yeah i know um i think the most valuable trait that i had to teach myself was emotional intelligence Mm, what the hell is that i think um you can't just drop that word and make it seem like we all know what that is Ah, now he's searching up a definition (laughs) he does he have emotional intelligence no i know i know it in like silly mushroom terms all right what is silly mushroom terms no let me say like the you know the the grown-up version i got it Emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions. <laughs> Are you serious? As well as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. So I think for me, um, you know, there's this there's this phrase that gets thrown around in like the world of masculinity a lot, which is stoicism. Stoicism mm. is I, I'm not gonna Google it, but stoicism is essentially like the ability to like feel your emotions but to act graciously upon them and to go about those emotions the right way instead of the wrong way but that takes a lot of awareness and a lot of restraint how do you actively go against what you want to do and what everyone does my personal advice is is um to not make it so complicated that so complicated like a lot of people might (laughs) complicated no i think um like like I really need to start start like like blocking out my schedule, right? <laughs> As you know. Yeah. We know. I would I would block out like nine to ten I do this, ten to eleven I do this, eleven to twelve I do this. And it's like it's very simple, right? It's very just like in my face. I see it, it's there, it's not complicated at all. I see I've seen all these like different journaling videos on how to make this super dynamic schedule and break it down to like this this and that the way i see life is like i I just try not to like overcomplicate things and try not to build so many excuses around things Mm. that like i know i should have you know so like you're asking me what tips do i have my 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 tip is to just not see this as something that you need a step-by-step guide like emotional intelligence is something that you need to have mm. as a human. Emotional intelligence is something that you need to practice. The same way that you need to be respectful. The same way that you need to be kind. You need to be emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to intake emotion and, and not go about them. And in, in the you know, if somebody criticizes something you do, you you don't get angry. You know, you take their criticism and you get the good out of it. You know, my my whole my whole ode to life is. I, I don't make step-by-step guides on, on how to be a better person. I just kind of take these things at face value and see what I'm doing wrong and see what I'm doing right and see mm-hmm. how I can make what I'm doing wrong right. But that that's me, you know, and I, I know I know a lot of people, I'm not saying that's the right way, but I'm saying that it is it is a way that a lot of people don't give a chance to. Mm. I think, uh, again, pe- people want like, like handbooks on how to grow up um we don't really get that you know sometimes you just have to grow up right i like that i know you i know you're a bit a little bit more dynamic what are some tips that you have so something that i think is a good start is to actually acknowledge confront that you have bad traits and you're not a perfect human being and that a lot of the things that you might not like about your parents 
maybe you also have some some of those stuff in a different extent or a lighter extent. So I think like something first, like, you know, what I said before, a few years ago, I thought the silent treatment was like the right way of going about like an argument, right? Even though that's mm-hmm. not healthy at all. I would say make a list of all of the things that you can think of that make you imperfect and that you want to work on. So that can be, you know, you give the silent treatment or you are a people pleaser. And then after you write all these things, try to think of maybe some small ways that you can kind of tackle that. So, for example, if you are a people pleaser, think about how you can maybe say no to someone that week instead of constantly saying yes even though you're like very burnt out right think of a way that you can actually be the better person or the bigger person and not give someone the silent treatment and how you can confront it in a way where it's not like toxic right so like small steps to fixing this and like unlearning these traumas that you grew up with i think you're asking for a lot really i think i feel like i would not take I think you're not taking into account the fact that it's it can be incredibly hard for people to to face their own insecurities mm. the same way that I would I would go a whole semester without checking my grades. Yeah. I knew I should have but I didn't and I didn't because I I just had so much like self-anxiety. Mm. And I think a lot of people a lot of people struggle with generational trauma because they they don't want to face what face what is wrong with them mm-hmm. and it, it's hard for people to face what's wrong with them it, it makes a lot of people sad to see how imperfect they can be right you know so i think i, I think that. maybe finding i think maybe finding a middle ground of not not being so face value to what it is that is wrong with you because i don't think a lot of people can take that especially if they've been avoiding it for so long and if they do take it it can it can hurt you know like i remember checking my grades and seeing me failing and it, and it hurt but also avoiding I, it hurts. I, avoiding it hurts, but I think there's a way to to ease into it. Personally, that's something I would do. And I feel like I'm at a place now where I can do it without feeling hurt. But I also can understand that some people have like such paralyzing anxiety or such like paralyzing traumas that they are unable to like sit down and like sit with it, you know, and confront it. But personally, I feel like if you are trying to take a step into the right direction and trying to like unlearn these things and trying to get to the root of it, it's important to kind of like think about where you stand and what how it affects you and then try to get to like the solution in the small way, you know? I I think I think doing that is a good idea, but I think doing it with somebody could could make it a lot better mm. um, a little group activity with the sibling a little date, yeah, a little date activity whether it's like with your this is like super specific advice <laughs> like you don't have to follow but i remember um it always eased my pain like facing things when there was somebody with me and it made it a lot hotter a lot harder hot a lot hot. harder <laughs> okay harder hotter hotter harder, hotter. <laughs> turn australian uh when i was uh by myself right um you don't gotta uh, do it by yeah. yourself. A little your bestie yeah. and you activity. What's another piece of what's another piece of advice that you have? So another piece of advice that I have is to actually cope with your trauma and cope with negative habits or negative emotions or any emotions in a healthy way or think of what a healthy way is. So a lot of people 
go and revert to like their usual distraction or like their very horrible way to like get their mind off of something like for example if something bad happens they'll go and like text an ex they'll go and do something disruptive Mm. they'll go and like be mean to their mom i don't know something like that right and it's it doesn't really do anything at the end of the day you're not confronting the trauma you're not having a way to like actually um like uh figure out what's happening in your brain and you're just doing something that is like horrible at the end of the day you're not like doing anything so i would recommend like thinking about what you do after something happens to you and how you react and if it's a good or bad thing and how you can change that so like what i've started doing instead of you know going out to party or like texting someone that i shouldn't from like high school i started like journaling or i started like reading a book or i started drawing and there's just so many other alternatives that you can do to like get your mind off of something and just do it in a healthy way and cope with it in a healthy way you know i got one more uh yeah what is inspired by emma chamberlain's one of her recent episodes about difficult people because a lot of us always blame other people we blame our parents for the way we are we blame our friends or whatever it is we always put blame on other people but sometimes we're the problem right a lot of us are like oh my god why can't i stay in a friend group all my friends are leaving me like how come they're so horrible that they can't see what kind of good person i am but like think about it why are all these friends leaving you are you the problem or are they the problem right are you the one that's like pushing them away are you the one that's like hiding your insults in a compliment and they're finally realizing like there's so many different things so like do some soul searching and think about a kind of like my first tip like think about what (laughs) might make you a difficult person i'm telling you you just gotta have a like a week of just like soul searching and like have all your reasons and all of the traits that you have written down. Right. But I'm scared. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, good weather nowadays, huh? It's been nice here. It's going uh most coming to Florida next week, by the way. Yeah, going um, to Florida, guys. The weather is going to the weather's going to be really nice. It's going to be in the 60s. Like actually in the oh, 60s. Oh, really? It's going to be like like low of 60, high of like 72. Mm. Yeah, that us came at a good time. Good job, buddy. Yeah. You ready to move on to the questions slash responses from our little IG supporters? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, of course. While she's pulling those up um, on our Instagram, just want to let you guys know that we have an Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash difficultish. It's been doing really well recently. Please get on the bandwagon before it's too late. Why do you think it's doing um, well? It's doing I had well because of to our... Do with it. Huh? The hell did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Not tell me. What the hell did you do? What's for the viral the videos? Because because now's a, now's a good time to shout out our beautiful intern, oh, yeah, Evan. True. Thank you so much. She has been killing it with with all this all the social medias. Mm. Evan, if you're listening, we will not we cannot do this without you. She is killing it. Everybody say thank you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. Anyways, follow us. We we let you guys know about our topics and yeah so on our story we posted what do you want to know about generational trauma what do you do to break it or fix your mental health so obviously we got a few responses so someone said 
I have discussions with my parents about what's right and wrong. I, I wonder how that's going. Because it's hard for them to, to realize what's wrong. Yeah. You know, because everything rests to you them. You know how it's hard right. for us to confront our difficult traits and our generational traumas? Think yeah. about how hard it is for them. But you know what's interesting? I, I'll have conversations with my mom. And, like, there'll be so many things that she agrees with me on. Mm. But she's still, like... Yeah, you're right, but it's still the way that we live our life. Mm-hmm. You know, like like getting married at like 20 mm-hmm. or like 18. She'd be like, yeah, that's wrong. But like, we're still going to do well, it. You're, but you still <laughs> like, have to get married ha- right now. <laughs> like it's it still happens. Right. And it's like, I mean, that's something super specific. But it's like, you know, my, I'll, I'll tell my mom like, oh, you, you only want me to be a doctor because you can tell everybody that I'm a doctor. She'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. just how it is. Right. <laughs> and i'm like what about me she's like yeah you'll be happy <laughs> i'm like all right well yeah so i I, I wonder how that conversation is going if if they are able to figure out what's wrong that's half the issue if they're able to act upon um realizing what is wrong and stop it i hope it's going and well. it's usually telling them the same thing over and over and drilling it in and like not letting it slide you know it's not like having a conversation once and they'll remember yeah yeah yeah, you got to be annoying. You yeah. got to keep telling them that that's wrong. And also, like, when they do say things like like racist things, like colorist things, or how someone looks weight-wise or appearance-wise, you can't just, like, like laugh with them. You can't just, like, let it yeah, for slide. Real. You have to, like, be the one to bring it up and not let it happen. Because, honestly, they're probably going to say it again anyway, even if you do bring it up or if you don't. But the thing is, you have to keep saying it and, like, put your foot forward. Yeah. So someone said, we feared gossip and pr- we feared gossip and to protect our privacy so much that we don't know how to open up to our friends. So we need to unlearn holding in hurt feelings and not speaking up. Damn. Yeah, I think this Man, like, like all relates to reputation, right? We have to have like a whole deeper conversation and episode on reputation. But it's like the fact that if you speak up about mental health, if you speak up about financial financial struggles, if you speak up about all the things that we talked about in this episode it's kind of like it looks bad on you and your family so you yeah. know now the fact that we are speaking about this in our podcast and we are more open about it in this generation we're kind of breaking the generational trauma and this the patterns that we have gone through um and honestly when you do break it in this generation it like also improves the mental health of like the the future generations and you're you're doing this for them as well it's not just for you and it's it's funny it's like like you'll just be like an honest person and like your parents will get mad at you for like telling the truth they'll be like oh like don't say this and i was like i'm just being honest they're like no but not with this <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't want you to lie <laughs> but like they also don't want you they to don't tell want the they truth. don't want you to lie but like for real um <laughs> they just want to yeah be a doctor be a doctor yeah. and shut up <laughs> <laughs> all right one last response that we got so someone says For me, when it comes to generational trauma and coping, I try to put myself in my parents' perspective and understand where they're coming from. I do try to bring up conversations about it with my parents, well, with my mom still learning how to do it with my dad. That's a good one. We actually didn't even talk about the empathy, right? Yeah, perspective. That's a very powerful tool for us. Yeah, because a lot of of us see perspectives from obviously our own point of view and we get defensive and we think that our parents are in the wrong for something because obviously in this generation and in the culture that we're born in and this country, 
like the the clear-cut answer is like right in front of us but a lot of us don't account the fact that they have had their own experiences and their whole different lives and like their own culture that they are speaking from their own perspective right so it's also important to understand that there is like two sides to a coin and that even though you feel like you're right they also genuinely feel like they're right too obviously you know it's all about empathy and putting yourself in their shoes and i think the most important thing about understanding perspective is that it really takes time like you cannot you cannot think about like your parents life for like 30 seconds and think you got it Mm. like you really have to sit down and you really have to think you like you really have to put yourself in the shoes i think a lot of people be like yeah i get it like yeah i understand no you don't just because like the thought came across your head does not mean you get it it's two completely different things yeah you can think about it right but you don't understand it mm-hmm. because it takes time to really understand it. Right. It takes time to really put yourself in somebody else's shoes. But with that being said, it's important to be empathetic to see where they're coming from. But it's also important to like put your foot down and hold them accountable when they are saying things that don't make any sense. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, have mom, both you put, things in mom, mind. You, mom, mom, you, you made you made this you made this dish too spicy. I used to be so scared to tell What the hell was that? that? Was making, <laughs> I used to tell be so scared that she was making it too spicy. And then she would keep making it spicy. And then one day I put my foot down. I was like, Ma, it's too spicy. She was like, What? It's like I, I said what I said. I right. Like, oh, okay. And then she stopped making it spicy. How and about then we're good? But like I say that every single time and my mom says every single time. Hey, ask it too much Vegas. <laughs> Which means, like, yeah, today I put too much. But, like, she does it every single time. So I feel like she just says that. Because how is it possible that she makes a mistake every single time? (laughs) Like, you see this delusion where, like, she tries to comfort me by, like, validating the fact that it is too spicy. But, like, she still does it. Like, I I just hope the next time it's going to be, you know, less spicy. But I'm, you know, burnt. Yeah, tell her. Be like, Mom, please. Please. It doesn't. Say it please. Doesn't. Yeah, have you tried saying please? I've tried. tried I've please. tried. Uh, okay, well. I've tried. Sorry. All right, well, well, that is the conclusion of our episode. What's the surprise that you've been holding off on? I I said in the beginning that I don't actually have a surprise. I've clickbaited you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say um, um, I'm having, um, I'm doing something. Just I'm you? Doing some, something's, I'm doing something somewhere and it's going to be a, a good time. Just, Surprise. just you doing something somewhere. I might also have somebody doing it with me. I oh know. wow! You know who? I, I feel like I'm also doing something somewhere, and it sounds similar to yours. Oh, it looks are like we're both like, doing something somewhere. Are you doing it like that weekend? Yeah, the same day actually. Oh, are you like doing it in New York time? City? Oh, oh, no, you're asking for too much right now. Oh wow! Wow. Right Anyways, you got you got any ten second advice? You caught me at a bad time. How about you go first? <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull up the notes up. Hold on. I got one. Cook some brown food. You know, uh, actually, your you sister your sister introduced me to, like, brown cookbooks. And they're very, like, beginner-friendly. Like, the one especially that she... The one that she recommended is, like, very American-like-desi dishes. So, it's, like, for novices and a lot of them are kind of like Bangladeshi or like Indian twists on a lot of American dishes. And those are good um, ways to like start cooking. Today I made a little like, you want to hear? I made a little <laughs> jingri mas 
curry, coconut curry. So jingimasa is shrimp in Bangla. So I put, mm. you know, shrimp. I put potatoes. I put broccoli. I put deem, which is egg. I put my garlic and onion, obviously. And I put my coconut curry milk. Oh my God. Should have thrown yourself in there. And I did. It was good. That's a good one. Yeah, with some rice. Yeah. Yeah, good. Nice. Nice. Um, I think my tip or my whatever the hell this is is um <laughs> um see 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 who's you know see, I thought you were about to like say hitting... see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, t- like keep mind who is like hitting you up in this like holiday season. Mm. Like who's being nice to you? Who who's maybe getting you a gift? Who's maybe just saying hello? Who's maybe and and who's not? Oh wow! Right? Who 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 doesn't care to you know check up on you? Right in this because because I think holiday season is when people start reaching out to like their loved ones, mm. you know. And maybe I think some of y'all are gonna face reality the fact that like maybe someone you thought was a loved one isn't actually a loved Damn. one, you know. And, and hate that, one. But you'll also be you'll also be reassured that some of your loved ones are loved ones, you know. So mm. just like keep 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 eye on like the people around you, right? You know, this keep your eyes season. open and. And also, don't don't be afraid to reach out to somebody yourself as well. Mm. I think a lot of us get scared. If you've somebody, if one of you's been scared to hit the up, the phone goes both ways. Year, it's um, end of the year is is the time to just like stop by and say hi to somebody. Yeah. So if there's been somebody on your mind, just say hi. Thank you. That was a good one. Yeah, you're right. Holiday season, gotcha. give back. Yeah. All right. Anyway, thank um, you so much for I listening. These... Oh, wow. No, I was gonna... no, I. Like I could just keep talking. You know, I, I but know, but that's why I try to like cut it short. Okay. If you guys have listened this far into the episode, what'd you buy? Um, um, I bought some white cheddar puffs. All right, then see that um, that we could have lived without. <laughs> and if you have made it this far, I would like you for you to comment on our Friday post: white cheddar puffs. That's a good one. Please and thank you. Right. If you do, um, only if you got, listened like, an, an hour in. Yeah, we just got like extra, like extra love for you, like extra. Yeah, like, we like we really do, you know. Yeah. Um, should I get back on TikTok? Yeah. Tell me to get back on TikTok. I'm thinking about deleting all of my TikToks and just starting fresh. No, don't do all that. There's no reason for that. No, I, I, I will, I will. But I anyway, like if you're not following us on our difficultest TikTok account, everything. we actually posted a banger that has like 300k views right now plus so make sure to follow us to you know be in that t right now so follow us on tiktok at difficult dish podcast and follow us follow us on instagram at difficult dish follow mushroom you can check out his art and his work keep up with him at mushroom manier and you can keep up with me as well it's at labyrinth app if you would like but we love you guys we can't wait to end this year with the bang we got what mm. two more episodes coming for the end of the year? Two more. Two more, and then two we finish it up. But we hope you like this one, and we'll we see do. you next week. Love Allah you. Hafiz. Love ya. Love Hafiz.